This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's 12.03, brand new week, Monday afternoon, February 28, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. Today marks a new day in Chicago and Illinois with the dropping of most mask mandates. We'll discuss what it means for business in our next segment. But right now, the global economy is under pressure as the war in Ukraine continues. Let's get the latest from Andrew Bush, former chief markets intelligence officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and economist at andrewbush.com. Andy, thanks for joining us once again. In the uh, last discussion we had at 1020, we were talking about um, the sanctions on Russia's central bank and that uh, that takes away from Russia a key strategy that they had been building since 2014, uh, cushioning their cash reserves to make their economy a little more sanctions-proof after the last round of sanctions when they invaded Crimea eight years ago. Uh, cutting them off, cutting off access to those funds uh, changes things considerably, one would think, for Russia, right? Yeah, and I think that's the key here. Uh, to have the uh, Russian economy cut off from the financial, uh, the ability to transact financially is really important for running an economy. Um, there's a lot of other things that are in motion here that have, that have just, that are incredible. I mean, it, it's hard to imagine that Russia actually brought about that Sweden is no longer neutral or that what, that Germany would change its NATO plans, uh, that they would send arms to the Ukraine or that they would increase their spending for defense up to 2%. I mean, this is bringing so many different changes across the world. It's kind of hard to keep track of them. One of the things I'd point out is the fact that shipping uh, giant Maersk is looking at stopping all shipments in and out of Russia, the Black Sea, and so on. So that'll address additionally cripple them uh, as far as their economy goes. And, and the reality is that these very you know tough sanctions and the unity that uh, NATO and the European Union are showing uh, in the financial and economic fight against Russia stem from the inspiring and courageous fighting that the Ukrainians are, are waging in their country to slow this invasion down. And if they did, if the Russians did march into Kiev on Friday, for example, and and achieved all of their objectives, uh, this level of unity just simply wouldn't exist. Yeah, and I think that's the, the, the reminder that everybody needs to have is like when another country invades another country, right, or when a country invades another country, it never goes as planned. I mean, with the exception of what happened in the 90s with the U.S. and uh, through Kuwait, 
that was an exception to the rule. You, when you come into a country, I think Colin Powell said it best, it's like Pottery Barn. You, you break it, you own it. And, and it's really difficult to move quickly. One other thing I'd point out that's aiding the Ukrainians is obviously a lot of the aid that they're getting from the EU and, and uh, Poland as well, as far as military, but also the weather's changing there and it's getting warmer and, and some of the heavier tanks and machinery from the Russians are starting to bog down. This all leads one to say, yes, they're going to fight like crazy to maintain their cities and it will just not be easy. So the Russians, not only their army is probably going to get dismayed with this, but the population as well. And the big question is, what will this mean for Putin? And will this be a very unstable time for Russia overall? And that's something I don't think the financial markets are, are really taking into consideration at this point. Yeah, you have to go all the way back to the currency crisis of 1998 that uh, led to the end of uh, Boris Yeltsin's presidency Yeah, uh, to see point. anything like this. And that's, <laughs> that's a two-hour conversation right there. Andrew Bush, former <laughs> chief markets intelligence officer at the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. Thanks for joining us. You can reach him. You can see him online at andrewbush.com. Coming up, it's a mostly maskless Monday in Chicago. The best daily deal in Chicago, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Masks are no longer required at most public places in Illinois, with a few exceptions. Let's talk about what this means for business in Chicago. We're joined by Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Greg, thanks for joining us today. Uh, This is a a day of celebration, I would imagine, for a lot of business owners in Chicago who at the moment are no longer in in the business of uh, playing the role of bouncer, enforcing mask mandates and vaccine uh, proof of vaccine requirements. Yeah, you can say that again. The businesses and, and their customers. I mean, the sun is out, the snow is melting, and for the most part, the mass mandates have, have gone away. Um, uh, there are going to be some instances, I'm sure, where, where an individual business, uh, because of, of uh, customer pressure, wants to keep them. But I would imagine that uh, if not today, very soon, uh, probably 98% of businesses are going to drop these across the board because they weren't terribly popular in the first place. Businesses, you correctly point out, doesn't like being a cops. Uh, but, you know, you have to protect people. And uh, the government now says that uh, the research and the science shows that we don't need to do take this particular step to, to protect people. And taking a look at the Illinois Department of Public Health website, their, uh, their, their daily COVID stats just dropped, and the seven-day rolling average of new uh, coronavirus cases in the state at 1,831, which is the lowest number since August 1st. And we actually dipped below 1,000 daily cases on Saturday. So uh, COVID is definitely going down, and assuming there's no variant behind it that makes cases shoot up once again, uh, this could change the political calculus for some of the uh, Republicans who are trying to uh, replace J.B. Pritzker come November. Well, from your lips to God's ears in terms of uh, another variant, I mean, the honest truth is nobody knows. Uh, you are correct that, that this has become a huge political issue. Uh, uh, there are some uh, there are some instances in which masks still are required. For instance, in Chicago public schools, uh, you're going to hear a lot of chattering about that. Um, and you know, politically, the question is: the Illinois voters conclude that well. You know, we didn't like it, but uh, we had to do it, and we came out of it in pretty good shape, and the numbers are good. Or are they going to conclude that uh, that uh, their freedom was was infringed too long, and that uh, we need to replace it, uh, this guy with a Republican who won't do the same thing in the future? Um, 
most of the polls I'm familiar with uh, show that uh, Prisker so far has had the uh, the upper hand on this, but th- there's no question that uh, that uh, the mask mandate was getting very long in the tooth. So we stuck with this pretty long compared to other parts of the country, and I have no doubt the vast majority of people are happy to see it go. And lastly, uh, economically, it could be a turning point, especially for downtown Chicago, as uh, as as a lot of offices might believe that uh, the end of the mask mandate may be a sign to bring workers back uh, at long last? Well, you know, I think you're going to see some of that, but I think what you're going to see is a hybrid. It's going to be a, it's going to be a process, and, we, and uh, we'll see how far back to the old normal the new normal is. I mean, at my shop, for instance, uh, we're uh, we're back. Uh, I'm in every day, but we're you're required to be only three in only three days a week. That's a new requirement. Um, uh, there are other places that are all over the range. Some want people back every day. Some leave, leave it strictly up to you. I suspect that most businesses, at least for this year will make it much easier for people to work out of home uh, if they can uh, uh, part of the time. Um, but there's no question that for all the uh, for all the landlords, all the restaurants that depend on foot traffic, all the stores that depend on foot traffic, all the bars, uh, whatever comes back is more than they had. They're happy to see it. And they want more of it. Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Thank you for joining us today. Now, according to the highly unscientific eye test of uh, my observation of uh, people getting off the train at Ogilvy Transportation Center, uh, downtown Chicago, uh, rather snug as a couple of trains came in today. Some uh, 2019 crowds uh, getting off the train. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Cyber criminals like to capitalize on uncertainty and the war in Ukraine is the kind of event they like to use to fill their own pockets. Let's get some help from Adam Levin, founder of Cyber Scout and host of the podcast What the Hack with Adam Levin, based in Phoenix. Adam, thanks for joining us today. Before we talk about uh, the ways in which uh, cyber criminals uh, not connected to governments can uh, take advantage of the situation and uh, potentially rip you off, um, let's talk about the, the state of the cyber war between uh, Russia and Ukraine. Um, you know, what are some of these, uh, you know, denial of service actions that we've been seeing during the conflict uh, on both sides? Well, denial of service attack is basically sending junk traffic into networks for the purpose of overloading them. And all of a sudden they just go down. I think you've we've seen incidents all over the world where mega sites like Amazon and, and uh, HBO, CNN, have all gone down because they've been overwhelmed by traffic. This is the kind of stuff that's going on over there right now. And, you know, the goal by Russia in particular is to disrupt things at the Ukraine so much that when you send false information, you make it almost impossible for people to communicate. You run the risk of turning their lights off, turning the heat off. These kinds of things can really bring a country to its knees. But the Ukrainians have been incredibly impressive in how they fought all of this off so far. And uh, and you've seen on both sides uh, government websites going down, uh, Ministry of Defense websites going down on both sides. Um, depending on who you believe, uh, RT, the uh, Russian state broadcaster, uh, their website was knocked off over the weekend. Um, so there's kind of a, a you know a, a, a tit for tat kind of response here, but uh, we we haven't seen kind of a major escalation that some people have feared. That's correct, but the the operative words are not yet, 
And and that's what people are scared about. That's why you see uncertainty in the stock markets. That's why you see governments really stepping up their game because, you know, the next step is the power grid, the financial grid, uh, essential services going down, uh, medical facilities being reduced to pen and paper. These are the kind of things that can happen that truly can disrupt a society. Now, if, uh, if, if there are state-sanctioned cyber attacks on the part of Russia on either um, Western European infrastructure or American infrastructure, uh, does that qualify as an act of war? Uh, certainly under the NATO articles, it may well constitute an act of war. It certainly would require a country that was a member of NATO, for instance, to, to step in. So, you know, the lines are a little blurred at the moment, and people are trying to act very cautiously. But if this thing escalates, uh, one thing is for sure, the U.S. is going to be in the game, and we are fierce when it comes to launching offensive cyber attacks. At the same time, though, if you work for a bank or a hospital system or a a utility, um, you're only as good as your IT training, and uh, you got to keep your head in a swivel when it comes to uh, uh, phony-looking emails, tech scams, and anything else that tries to gain access to your password or information. Oh, absolutely. The slogan really is, you're only as good as the weakest person on your network. Uh, and things can change in a minute. You know, there's there are no victory laps in cybersecurity because you could be secure at 9 a.m. and suddenly someone clicks on the wrong link and you're exposed at 9.01 a.m. and somebody's into your systems. So that's why it's important for all of us to understand that on the individual level, each and every one of us has a role to play in all of this. And we have to keep our game up. We have to keep ourselves as cyber hygienic as possible. We have to train our families to understand what the threats are and and how to detect a threat, what the red flags are. And then we need to have plans. We, We call it what I call the three M's. How do you minimize your risk of exposure? How do you monitor so you know you have a problem? How do you manage the damage? And those are important things to keep in your mind. Thanks for joining us. Adam Levin, founder of Cyber Scout, based in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The first round of talks between Ukraine and Russia ends as the United Nations discusses the war between the two countries. The latest coming up in a special report from CBS News. Social media sites, including TikTok and Instagram, playing a role in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get a couple of ideas from an investing pro. WBBM Business, the markets are lower. The Dow is down 390 points. The Nasdaq is down 45. The S&P 500 is down 41. AccuWeather says times of sun and clouds today, breezy, a bit milder, and a high around 50. We have 46 degrees in Wheaton at 1231. CBS News Special Report. More sanctions on Russia, but from the sports world, as FIFA says it has suspended Russia from international soccer. That word comes after we learned about five hours of talks between Russia and Ukraine. But all we know from the talks is that both sides say they'll talk again sometime in the future. At the United Nations, an emergency meeting is underway. General Assembly President Abdullah Shahid. Today I renew my call for an immediate ceasefire for all parties to exercise maximum restraint and for a full return to diplomacy and dialogue. CBS's Charlie Daggett is in Kiev, Ukraine. This morning, once again, we woke up to air raid sirens. That pretty much has been going on uh, throughout the weekend. So even as these peace talks are underway, the war is raging on. Our Steve Futterman is in Poland, where Ukrainians are fleeing. It's estimated that over 100,000 people have already crossed the border here into Poland, and this could be just the beginning. CBS News Special Report. I'm Matt Piper. Hey, it's 1232. Markets are in the red this afternoon. We're joined by Hugh Johnson, Chairman and Chief Investment Officer of Hugh Johnson Economics based in Albany, New York. Hugh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, on Friday, we had this, this very nice little rally that erased a lot of the losses from the run-up to war. What is weighing down the markets on Monday afternoon? I think it's that we have additional sanctions on Russia, and they're pretty severe sanctions. And as a result of that, we see a lot going on. Uh, You know, the Russian central bank has raised interest rates to try to stem the flow of money or assets out of Russia to other parts of the world. So they're really they're really in a bind. And I think it's only a matter of time. And this is my guess that we start to get at uh, the most important uh, commodity for Russia. And that's, of course, oil and natural gas. They account for a very significant percentage of the supply of oil, the supply of natural gas to the world. And if we start to see oil prices go up, that's not good news, obviously, for Russia, which depends on it, but also not good news, particularly for Europe and also, quite frankly, for all other parts of the world. In other words, it puts downward pressure on the economic activity of the global economy, and it also, of course, raises interest rates. So it puts the Fed in a very, very difficult place. They see declining economic activity and a rise in inflation, what are they going to do? And this looks like a a flight to value until investors mm-hmm. can figure out what's going on as far as the, uh, the the true economic impact of the war. Yeah, that's very important. That's a good that's a good observation and an accurate observation. Everybody's sort of stepping aside. Some of course are selling, trying to raise cash, trying to liquefy their portfolios. Most people are really sitting still, quite frankly, and are backing away from the markets. And they want to see, quite frankly, some stability or some resolution to this very serious conflict. And until they see that, they're not likely to to start to buy stocks again, even though you can make a very strong case 
that the market, the stock market, has declined to levels that are significantly undervalued still. That's not good enough. People are backing away. They want to see resolution. They want to see stability. Now, at the same time, you know, we live in this truly uh, global economy, but uh, how much exposure do American businesses and American industries have uh, to Russia, especially in light of the previous round of sanctions from 2014? Not a lot, um, and that's a good point. Uh, the, the exposure, there is exposure, and a lot of companies do business, significant amounts of business with Russia, but it's, the exposure is nowhere near what it, it, it used to be, and it's certainly nowhere near what it is with other parts of the world, particularly in Europe. Uh, but there's no, so, you know, if you, if you back away from all of this and ask yourself, uh, what economies are going to get hurt by this? The answer is Russia's at the top of the list. Their economy could go into a tailspin or a recession. Europe will be hurt probably 0.6%. I have their ec- economy coming down from, say, 4% growth rate in 2022 to, say, 3.4%. So they'll be hurt to some extent. But uh, as far as the U.S., it's very limited. So I don't think the economy of the U.S. and, importantly, earnings are going to be that seriously affected by the crisis. But, again, let's watch oil prices and see the impact of oil prices because that will affect the Federal Reserve and that will affect the U.S. economy and the global economy. That's a very important variable. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Hugh Johnson, Chairman and Chief Investment Officer of Hugh Johnson Economics, based in Albany, New York. Coming up next, why the Russian invasion of Ukraine is being called the TikTok War. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Social media influencers, including government-sponsored ones, are playing a role in the war between Russia and Ukraine. We're joined by Tom Lason, media analyst based in Seattle. Find him on Twitter, at Tom Lason. Tom, thanks for joining us today. I think back to January of 1991. I'm 10 years old. I am watching the start of the Gulf War on CNN uh, as bombs rain down on Baghdad through night vision cameras, and now you're watching the war in Ukraine unfold via posts to social media from people who are on uh, balconies in Kiev taking pictures of anti-aircraft missiles uh, downing uh, projectiles over the skies of Kiev and then uploading it to social media. It just goes to show you that this makes the world smaller and smaller and smaller by the decade. It really does. And what a different world when it comes to media and information since 1991. And when you can verify the veracity of the information, and I'm thinking about the Arab Spring, and in this case, this conflict between Russia and Ukraine, this is what social media was designed for, to provide that transparency and to provide that user-generated content to give us insights we otherwise might not have had. With that said, however, and here comes the big caveat, they're calling this the TikTok war. And and the old saying is that the truth is the first casualty of war, and it is no different this time around. We're just talking about relatively new platforms that both sides, let's face it, are trying to exploit. But propaganda and information has always been a part of war, and that concept of the fog of war, which is another old saying, is no different here with social media. So those folks who are doing some deep dives into content, um, you know, are pointing out there is a lot of disinf- disinformation on platforms like TikTok. It's rampant. 
Um, and then you've got, you know, the Russian traditional media in there trying to influence as well. And the bottom line is it, information and the veracity of it is, is very complex. The amazing thing, and this was uh, last Thursday uh, or last Wednesday night before the invasion began, um, you were finding out things on TikTok uh, from Russian soldiers who were on the border ready to go, posting information about uh, we're lined up, we're ready to go. Uh, Google Maps was showing a traffic jam from cars stopped waiting for convoys to go by uh, that were heading toward the border. All of this stuff being announced on easily publicly accessible uh, online platforms. This is the type of information that companies used to have an entire you know, uh, group of spies to try to get. It's available now for all to see. Yeah, companies, nothing. How about how about national governments and, and espionage and spy agencies? Um, obviously, some of this may well be orchestrated. Um, if I'm in the Russian government and I'm, uh, am I telling my guys on the front lines, hey, put a little of this on social media. Let's know that we are locked and loaded, baby. We are ready to go. Or do these guys turn around and get in trouble for for violating, um, you know, for putting classified information out there? The whole, you know, the the world is a stage and this entire conflict is being managed and in some cases not managed on social media. Um, You have to question the veracity of the information you're seeing in a TikTok video. How credible are influencers? What does the Chinese Communist Party have to say about misinformation going on TikTok? A lot of the mainstream, more, um, you know, uh, traditional main, uh, if, if that's a phrase in social media these days, like Facebook and Twitter are trying to trying to exercise some editorial control over what's being posted. TikTok, not so much. So, again, you know, the veracity of that information, the, the ultimate purpose behind it, how opinions and views are trying to be swayed. People who look at this stuff. Um, I think have um, amazing access to things we wouldn't have otherwise seen. And let's face it, the mainstream media is using some of this content too. But by the same token, you also have to view it in the context in which it's being created and shared. Thanks for joining us. Tom Lason, media analyst based in Seattle, Washington. Find him on Twitter at Tom Lason. Join us this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday. And still to come, our Monday Stock Picker. It's Stock Picker Monday, and helping us out this afternoon is Tim Grisky, Chief Investment Strategist at the Inverness Council based in New York. Tim, thanks for joining us today. You have two picks for today, and your first pick, uh, you believe it helps people find love, but it can also help people find some uh, some portfolios security in these troubled times. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's right, Rob. Uh, we're talking about Match.com, symbol is M-T-C-H. Uh, this is the dating website, uh, and uh, it owns a lot of different names. It, it presents itself in lots of different names and for different age groups, uh, and it has been uh, how uh, the younger generation in particular, but really all generations now meet new people to date. Uh, and uh, so it, it really has gone right through the pandemic uh, unscathed uh, in terms of its revenue growth. Uh, and uh, we think it's going to continue to uh, to attract uh, users. So about 20 percent revenue growth going forward, a high margin company, about 29 percent margins. 
Um, so this is a, a, a real earner and a great company. Before we move on to the next one, that's a great point about it being a, a pandemic darling, because uh, when everything shut down two years ago, how were you going to meet other people? All, all of your social opportunities kind of evaporated. Yeah, it used to be in bars and parties. Uh, those went away. So uh, it's really gotten a lot of new users uh, because of the pandemic. And we think those users have had good experiences and will continue to support this company. And the next one uh, works in the, in the video game space, among other places. Oh, NVIDIA, it is the chip maker. Uh, if you, if you want to own one chip maker, it's really the name to use. Uh, obviously, it's a big company. Uh, the stock has done extremely well, but we think it has a lot more ahead of it. Uh, they have uh, they do uh, graphic chips and processing uh, processors and software. Uh, they are known for uh, creating the computer on a chip, on a single chip. Uh, their exposure is to the cloud, which is still growing like crazy. Only about one-third of uh, cloud computing has been um, completed, uh, two-thirds still to go. Gaming, as you said, is a big uh, market for them. Uh, cars, especially self-driving cars. Tesla is a big client of theirs. Uh, robots, drones. I could just go on and on about the different areas that NVIDIA is involved in in terms of computer chips. Uh, they are really a, a top company, 40% uh, margins, lots of cash, uh, really great company. Tim Grisky, Chief Investment Strategist with the Inverness Council based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. His picks for this week, Match Group, MTCH, and NVIDIA, NVDA. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.